everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Uh, a quieter week this week but hopefully we'll still manage to bring some sort of football chat and moderate entertainment your way over the next uh, 45 minutes or so. As always I'm John Phipps who's just knocked out a cracking Greek fish meal for tea and on the line now is the man, the voice, the inspiration of all of our lives. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you mate? Not bad, not bad. We have got some feta cheese in the fridge that we need to use up. It's probably been there for a few months. Um, any recommendations I can use for feta? Just normally stick it in a Greek salad, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Very nice. Yes, very nice, babe. Yeah, I'm good, mate. It's, well, it's, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? So, um, the weather's been pretty cold, but uh, taking the dog out for a nice long walk. So, that's been uh, enjoyable there. So, even though she does, doesn't like leaving the house, but when she's out, she's quite happy. It's obviously been a year now since uh, yeah. since lockdown was announced, and uh, all about a year now. Yeah, because he probably announced it. Please stay at home, wasn't it? So yeah. So it's to be been honest, uh... people in our office today. It was the first time that our department had been together for a whole year. Wow. And I didn't really like it because it was too noisy. Mm. You know, I've got so used to. Sometimes I'm the only one on my own. You get used to um, that quietness. So. It'll be interesting to see what they, it's a company they do, but um, yeah, I didn't. I, I said to them, I didn't really like it. It was too much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I know you. Like you said last week, has it gone quick or slow? And I think now it now it's a year. It feels like longer ago that that we had that conversation, that announcement. Or oh, it's it's, uh, it's 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 gonna you're going into lockdown now. But as I say, the last couple of months have, have really dragged and, I, and I've become even more miserable. And uh, some of my former colleagues who may be listening to this, I believe it or not, I have actually managed to become even more miserable uh, than I previously was, especially the last couple of weeks. I'm just I'm just fed up, to be honest. I'm just fed Isn't up. Again, it's May that you can actually open your business, isn't it? Yeah, May the 17th at the moment. So, um, Do you get much visitors from abroad? We did in 2019. We had quite a few because I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there's a blog in the Netherlands in Dutch uh, in which someone talks about doing a trip along the south coast, starting in Eastbourne, seeing Beachy Head, going along to the New Forest and up to Stonehenge and Salisbury and everything. And this uh, travel blogger is well known in, in the Netherlands. And when they did the trip to um, to Eastbourne, they stayed here. Right. So they've and literally on their blog it says you must stay at Bay Lodge guest house so we literally in in 2019 we had loads of people come into the door like Dutch people and they're like oh, we read about you on the internet and I was like this is a bit odd and then one of them actually sent me the link to the blog and I got it translated and it's like it's really gushing so yeah we did get quite a few um in, in 2019 but obviously the the combined threat of Brexit and and the, the virus last year meant we only had three or four foreign visitors last year but I, I think this year we're going to be all right because even though there won't be that many people coming from abroad I don't think people will be able to go abroad so I think we'll kind of feel the benefit of that. Have you, have you had any people ringing up sort of saying? Yeah we've had quite a few bookings uh, I mean yeah. most people book online so uh, which is nice because that re- removes the possibility of having to talk to them but yeah we've had a, we've been fairly busy and we're, we're getting there we've still got plenty of availability uh, book direct for best prices baylodge.org.uk is uh, where you find us if you can't advertise it for free on the podcast what's the point of having the podcast um but yeah we we're, we're, we're looking good J- july's starting to look quite positive and and hopefully i think it'll be like last year everyone will book late people will book in like 
a week in advance yeah, yeah. was was quite early really last year so i think going forward we, we should be okay so uh, yeah fingers crossed oh good stuff that's good that's well that's pleasing and you know you know when you see the things from abroad as well that's a bit concerning isn't it really mm-hmm. but, and now they're well they're now talking a third wave's definitely coming but it's you know <laughs> I've been a good boy. I've obeyed the rules. I've done everything I've been asked to do. And I'm now at the stage where I've had enough of doing everything we've been asked to do. I know why we're doing it and everything, but kind of what was the point of rushing through vaccinating all of these people if the reward, if the, there wasn't any reward for it, you know, why didn't we just take the vaccination program slower if we were still going to keep the rules that, that, as they are what they are i mean i think it was what 16 million people have been vaccinated and the reward was or oh, you can sit with someone else on a park park bench brilliant mm-hmm. you know i i, I want to be able to see people and, and do things you know as much as i i love hayley i think we're both fed up with seeing each other constantly you know i just want to get out and, and see some other people and, and do bits and pieces and yeah i know we can see two people outside or whatever next week um, and I will be taking advantage of that one, don't you worry. But, you know, you still can't travel anywhere, really. So it's not going to be as if I can go and see the, the people that I want to see in Bristol or Darlington or anywhere like that. It's just going to be, you know, going an hour or so away from here. So it's it's, it's still really hard. And, you know, like living in a moving somewhere when you're in your late 30s and not having any friends when, when you move there, it's, it's quite tough because, we, you know, we're, we're pretty much uh, it's us and versus the rest down here so it's, it's, it's really difficult do you know what I mean yeah 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 you know it's I think um it is strange because I think one of the really the, I presume all we've ever done is probably basically walk for the last year isn't it and got anything out and was further where's the furthest well apart from picking the dog up we went to Cornwall again in the summer didn't we so but it's just getting to that you know May must feel like it's around the corner but it must feel like it's months away for his still, isn't it it does I mean I, you say about the first we've been the furthest I've been is I've been to Chelsea four times uh I haven't been apart from that I've been to my mum and dad's once since last March yeah once we went there on Father's Day I've not been to Bristol I've not been I've been to we went to London on another day out once but, you know, it's just like it's it's really hard because I'm, I'm someone who likes to go places and have nights away and look at the diary and all. Oh, there's no one coming. Let's go and let's go somewhere. We just haven't been able to do anything. I've spent more than a year. I've spent every single night here because when you could travel and go and stay away, we were stacked out. So, you know, there wasn't really. Um, do, you, do you think that all the people will be panicking about doing those sort of things? Or do you think there'll be a massive surge? People passing in the streets, so to speak. I don't know. I think there will still be some reluctance. I mean, the amount of people that I see when I'm out and about wearing masks outside, there's obviously still some people that are very scared about something, Um, you know, so who knows? It's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. And, and it's, it's, it's really, it's, I'm starting to get sort of lockdown fatigue now, I suppose is what you could call it. Cause I just want to get back to normal. And, and, you know, when we're not even out of lockdown and they're talking about the third wave and you just want to, bang your head against a brick wall don't you yeah yeah that that is yeah we're not sort of yeah it's it's a little bit concerning so um yeah uh, hopefully we'll slowly surely get in somewhere so that's the main thing but you never know when you look at europe you know that's a real panic center is coming in and maybe you know i haven't had my vaccine yet for 46 coming up so will will i get bumped a little bit to get these other people to um 
get the, the second wave. So maybe that's the way forward for the government sort of thing. Exactly, and I'm not even in the same uh, same category as you. I've, I'm the next one down, so I'm going to be waiting a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, well, we've got plenty of football to watch. Oh, no, we haven't got that even now, have we? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, it's our 164th episode this week, and apparently that is the number of squares on the Scrabble board that don't have any sort of multiplier on them. Are you a Scrabble fan, Matt? Uh, I haven't played for a while. Well, I don't mind a game of Scrabble. Again, it's getting my kids to actually do anything that's not attached to their switch or um, phone or thing. They, you know, you say a board game, they're like, Ooh, uh. so. But I don't mind a game of Scrabble now and again. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, right. Underrated game, I would say. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Words with Friends on the on the old phone. I, I play that with my dad actually quite a lot. So uh, that always kind of keeps me going. But my, my a few years ago, I bought my dad a game of Scrabble. So a few years ago, it was probably about ten years ago now. And it was like a sort of cheats version of Scrabble. And it was like you could you could get like bonus cards and do bits and pieces. It was really good fun, actually. I really enjoyed it. I don't I don't know. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like it was by the people of Scrabble. Um, who does that? It's not Mattel, is it? He does Scrabble. Um, we are really got We are really. Bro, de- it? The de- bro, yeah. With depths of everything there. We're talking about Scrabble. That's what rather than talking about Crabble. We're talking about Scrabble. We're we're scrabbling around for content this week. <laughs> we really, we really well, we we better move on, John, because people would have probably t- would have just gone probably switched off. Turn that yeah, off so let's uh, let's start this week's show in the, in the Isthmian League then for a change. The season is truly done and dusted now, and clubs are already looking ahead to the 2021-22 season. And one club we've made changes earlier, Hythe Town. We have a new chairman in the shape of Mark Jenner. And we discussed that briefly on last week's show. And I did say I was trying to source an interview for this week's show. And you'll be pleased to know that that is exactly what I've done. So here is the new Hythe Town chairman. And I started by asking Mark if he was pleased to be stepping up to the big role. Yeah, I've been uh, director for four or five years, um, you know, doing technical issues, property, maintenance type things. And um, Paul Markland decided to step down as chairman and... Uh, asked me to take over as I've got plenty of previous experience. So I was happy to do so. A, a challenging time, though, I'd imagine, to be taken over. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult for everybody, whatever kind of business you're in, especially if you're in the entertainment business like football. Um, although we've taken all the precautions we can, we've we've locked down everything, we've, we've reduced their costs to a standstill for the last year, apart from just a few games that we played. So um, we're probably better off than many clubs who've got a bit of money in the bank, um, ready to get started again. I suppose it was the last year, I mean, it's been a year now since we've been in lockdowns, everyone's saying it this week, and the last year has just been uh, so frustrating for everybody involved in football. Well, it is. Even when we got started at the beginning of the last season, we were optimistic, you know, to start with, that things were going to go OK. But you've got all those restrictions on social distancing, how many people you can have in the ground. And what's particularly painful for us and for many clubs is the restrictions in your bar area because you're, you know you are pretty much reliant on bar takings on match days, um, and we were restricted to you know forty or so people in a in a quite big bar area, um, so that's that's frustrating. Um, and then it didn't have quite the same atmosphere, did it? A lot of people were still shielding, so the gates were not quite their normal uh, levels. Uh, so even then, you know, a half dozen games that we did play we were a bit of a struggle. I was going to say, you only had three home league games, so, I mean, any any chance to recoup anything has, has gone from that, hasn't it? 
Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's right. Yeah, they they cost us money to put all those games on. So um, if it had gone on any longer, it was just going to be a further drain on resources for for us and for everybody else. Um, so it was a little bit of a relief when uh, when it was stopped, um, and they took the right decision just a few weeks ago to to uh, suspend the rest of the season because it, we you couldn't have done it anyway. So, so how does it work now? Are you just uh, working closely w- with Steve and everybody else to try and get ready for next season? Um, yeah, now I spoke to Steve uh, a few days ago, and uh, he's in touch with all his players, of course, and their our entire squad, as I understand it, are very keen to stay together. And uh, you know, looking forward to starting you know the league season in the middle of August, but you know the preparations start in June really, so it's not very far off. So we've got to get some money together and um, um, get everything else uh, lined up so we're ready to start, which we had a board meeting last week to do just that. How important is it that, you know, obviously, you know, we talk about this from a football point of view and I'm always sort of loath to remind everybody that there is such a big virus going on, but how important is it that we know everything is safe and that the, the next season is going to complete before we can start it? So, I mean, with that sort of risk in mind, does that affect budgets and things like that for next season, how you look at things? Um, well, at the moment, we're, you know, we are, we are pretty certain that our current sponsors are continuing to support us. Um, and they have promised, they have promised that they will only last week. Um, so that, that is absolutely essential to us. Uh, and uh, so about which I hope it does this week um, we will be in a much better position than many other uh, clubs at our level or the next level up because sponsorship is going to be very difficult for clubs to find companies are not going to be wanting to spend their, their, their money on, on football sponsorship when they don't have much left to be honest Obviously, Hyde Town, the last few years, have been there or thereabouts in, in the Eastman League South East. And I guess there's such a determination from everybody to, to finally get over that line and get up into the Premier. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, to, success to me is finishes finishing in the top half dozen. If you can get into the playoffs, then you've had a very successful season. Anything beyond that is a, a bit of a lottery and, uh, and, and a bonus. You know, I was chairman at Folkestone for a number of years and we made the playoffs every year. Um, and then after I left, they managed to get promoted. But um, yeah, we counted those seasons as, as a great success. You need to be in the top half dozen to keep your fans coming back and, and wanting to see more football. That's, that's the main thing, at whatever level you're at. I suppose just finally, you'll be looking forward to, to, to everything, sort of getting back to some sort of normal and welcoming as many people as you can back to Reachfields. Yes, I mean, Hyde uh, is, a, is, a, is a small friendly club in a, in a small and very friendly town so our supporters generally are, are very liable, uh, you know, reliable and, uh, and and come 
year after year. Um, we're in touch with with a lot of people, and uh, we expect. I don't know. I, I think when we when we kick off, I think we'd be at ninety percent as we as we were before, and hope to build up on that. Um, you know, there's still going to be some people, that, even in August, who are going to be reluctant to go out on a Saturday afternoon. Let's be honest. Yeah, these are not easy times. We, we've said it for a few years, Matt, that Hive are in and around, that they, they seem well equipped to, to make that step up. And, and it sounds from speaking to Mark there that there is still the hope that they can do that. Yeah, I knew more about him. I'm sure I've interviewed him when he was at Folkestone for a while. I think he was sort of the man who sort of rescued them a little bit when they had financial problems. And clearly... He is a football administrator and knows how things work within football. And I've always a very friendly club. They've got Steve Watts, who's a very ambitious manager, I would say, um, who can who want to succeed. Got players in. Good to see that they want the players want to play for him next season. They haven't played for eight, nine, will be nearly ten months when they come back in. Yeah, so a well-run club. I think Paul Mark, Paul Markham, used to before there. Yep. He was a lovely guy, really nice guy. Um, who you know did a lot for the club and they're a very friendly club Hyde. and again you know apart from the Tony Walton days when they were splashing 25 grand on the likes of Tommy Warrillow you know they've sort of got under the radar a little bit I can't believe have they ever been Bostic Premier League probably not not in so, recent uh, times I mean they've, they've certainly uh, they've been in and around the playoffs a lot of times I remember yeah. uh, a few years ago where did they get absolutely stuffed in the playoffs semi-final was that at oh, yeah. uh, at Worthing, was it? They lost six or seven in the playoffs that one year. But um, no, I mean they've they, they've kind of they're still though. What record have they got, Matt? What, what, what record was that again? Well, they are still the last team from this sort of level of Kent to reach the FA Cup first round uh, in oh, 2011. Yes, they, did. they lost to Hereford, didn't they? They lost five-one to Hereford. Yeah, and, and uh, but they. They've then finishing that they've lost in the playoffs uh, a few times yeah. since then, uh, losing to Faversham uh, one time and then losing to uh, Worthing. It was where they lost seven nil uh, in 2015-16 season. Uh, but no, I don't think they've ever been uh, higher than they are now. They they you know they worked up through the folks and, and district league, then they went up to the Kent County Amateur League, uh, and then the Kent League, although we're in the Southern Division of the Southern League for a while, uh, reached the semi-finals of the FA Vars. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 1990 was that? Uh, would have been, I remember about then, yeah. It was against Yedding, I think. Really, yes, really, uh, really. No, yeah, around 1990, yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the club folded in 1992 uh, and then re- became back to Hythe Town in 2001 or became Hythe Town in 2001 uh, after being in the Kent League and the Kent County League. And everything like that. So that they are moving in the in the right direction. They've been in the Isthmian League uh, South for ten years now. So mm-hmm. you'd think that they are one of the mainstays in there, and, and they they've been close. And as you say, Steve Watt is a very uh, a very ambitious manager, um, and and he's got some good players there. I mean, you just kind of think if they get a run together, there's no reason why they can't be right at the very top. I would probably say, you know. I- you know, you see the seam, the Faversham's, the Sittingbournes, the Whitstables. I would probably, I would probably say Hyde would probably be the biggest out of those clubs who mm. I think they can probably go on to the next level. You know, yeah. in that sort of thing, we're, we're blessed with having so many good clubs at that level in um, in Kent. And I think that Hyde, 
you know, with what in charge, if they can get a full season. And I think this is what it's all about, isn't it? Next season, you've got to get a full season. If you can do that, you know, it will bring something back to the credibility of the league, I think, really, after these... From there. And I'm sure Steve Watt will be doing his homework. And the thing about it, you'll have players and managers absolutely chomping at the bit, trying to prove themselves that after missing so much football. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's two years out of, of everyone's career, pretty much. So I'd imagine people will be desperate to, to improve. And I still think that, you know, cost-cutting that's going to happen further up the league is going to have an impact on, on your Hive Towns because I think that the player pool will become a bit diluted. There'll be some big names in there who'll be having to take pay cuts if they want to keep playing. And I think Hyde, with a manager who's got the experience of Steve Watt, are well-placed to, to bring these players in. Yeah, I, yeah well, Steve Watt, yeah, I think um, probably he was a bit unlucky at Margate. Was he wrong, t- wrong club at the wrong... Right club at the wrong time, maybe, for him? Um, yeah. When he went in there. So I think he's... If he can do a job at Hyde contacts he's got in there I think he can get again interesting to see how when we when everything comes into play in the in the summer months when they get going but yeah I think uh, and I think Mark Jenner knows how to run a successful football club without going overboard financially as well which must be, which is which may be crucial this time next year I think you could clubs unless crowds are going to come out in their um, thousands might be a little bit difficult for clubs as well so you've got to make sure you keep the purse strings right yeah, it was interesting. He said, you know, we're, we're in a good position. We've got money in the bank, but they do need to get those supports. And I thought it was, it was a couple of really telling things in there. The first one saying that the, the games they had at home cost them money last season. Mm-hmm. And also the first person that we've spoken to who's actually been really cautious about what's going to happen next season. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we don't know if we think what the media say that in the summer, these sort of when the season starts, we could be in you know, lockdown three or, you know, wave three. So would the season probably won't even start at that point if you can't get people in the crowd. So interesting, but they've got to come out with a plan, I think, if it doesn't start or something about the next season. So interesting times ahead, John. We Sometimes I think we're at that top of the hill and sometimes we're sliding back down a little bit. But clubs have got to be sensible. And I think the Mark Jenner, they've probably got a sensible man to, to lead them forward. Yeah, and, and again, I feel I should reiterate the point that we made. I did make to Mark there as well that you know we we know how serious this virus is. We know the numbers of people that have been lost has been absolutely horrendous, uh, and we do appreciate that. But we are a football show, and we like talking about football. So if it does seem like we're being a bit flippant and we're all just focused on the football, we're really not. We see the bigger picture, but this is a football show, and we want to talk about football. So that's kind of the the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, of course. We, you know, 126,000 people dying, 126,000 too many. So, but again, we all, you know, we all want, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show have a bit of escapism and they're missing football as much as we are. So, just hoping that can come back sooner rather than later. Plenty else going on in the Isthmian League South East as well at the moment. Uh, a few bits and pieces for you. Sittingbourne, a uh, very progressive club. They've now announced they're starting an academy uh, as well to, to kind of bring through the, the younger people, uh, to, to bring them into the team and get the education alongside. And I think they're looking into doing trials and, and registering interest in that. Now, again, I uh, did try and organise an interview uh, for this week's show, but it looks like that will be happening on next week's show now. So uh, we'll look forward to discussing that next week. Uh, Ramsgate in the news again for all the right reasons. Uh, this time they have helped uh, 
a new charity. Uh, they've helped a local charity by providing them with accommodation. And uh, the community project, which is based in Margate, uh, needed to find a new home. The Rams have stepped in to provide it in Harbour Street in Ramsgate. Uh, it's a scheme which supports vulnerable adults in the Thanet community, particularly those with learning difficulties or mental health issues. They've been running a closed and household goods bank, which needs to find a new location as their existing space was about to be withdrawn. Uh, step in uh, the Rams and James Lawson, who told the Isle of Thanet News, I'm absolutely delighted we can support this much needed community project. We are pleased to be able to help by providing a shop and storage. This will allow the closed bank to continue and better meet the needs of people here in Ramsgate. I mean, Matt, Ramsgate and everything they've done in the community, I, I, I've always felt they were switched on, but the way they've stepped up in the past 12 months particularly is, is absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, it's, you know, Thanet, you know, where I live, is, you know, has got its issues, but Ramsgate as a club have really come to the fore with it being delivering pizzas or just getting people out, getting the kids running in the streets. They've really focused on that and you know the the academy and the kids part of it it's a massive thing and if anybody's probably got stronger over this the last year it's probably ramsgate with the amount of people helping the club and feeling that who want to be involved in a club like that you know it's absolutely superb and fantastic again helping things out and uh, it, it really is good because you know football club is all about the community and i have to say ramsgate are really at the heart of it here in Thanet. Yeah, just a little bit further up the road. Uh, great news for Margate as well, because we did discuss this a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, but the relevant proposals for Hartsdown Park have been approved uh, by the council. They will go to the Secretary of State for a final sign-off, uh, which is hope will happen in the next few weeks. That's for a 120-bedroom hotel uh, and enormous changes to the rest of the ground. Uh, the, the club are delighted to have got this over the line. The North Stand will have a terrace with a capacity of 1,300 and behind that, there will be space for new changing rooms, which they've desperately needed there uh, for quite a long time. And it's always been the bugbear, hasn't it? Hartsdown Park does need updating. It needs something to happen. And hopefully, after plenty of false storms, this is the one that's going to happen. This is it. Uh, this it got the go-ahead from the council. It's just unless the Department of Something Culture boots it out this will definitely go ahead now won't it yeah it seems so i mean there, there is some issues over the loss of a couple of pitches i think which is part of the the issue yeah, that the yeah. uh, that they do have but obviously with the 4g pitch there as well you would think that that's gonna that that's already been offset but uh hopefully fingers crossed that that will go through because the, the club need it and I would definitely describe the Margate supporters as long suffering <laughs> and I, I I hope it'll be one of those now they've built it, people will come, they'll get attendances up and they'll be able to bring success back on the pitch because, lest we forget, they, they've still got Jay Saunders as their manager, a man who very much knows what he's doing, but he hasn't had the backing that he needs to get them out of the Isthmian League. Yeah, would there any idea when the, when the building will start on these sort of things? I don't actually know. So Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I hope we've had plenty of false dawns down in Margate, but if they've got there, they're getting there. Hopefully they can then sort this out and move forward and get it done um yeah we, if you know the, the, the pictures look really good the drawings that how they could dig the supporters you know you know you've got a good hardcore remember when margate were top of the conference you know probably nearly 20 years ago now isn't it when sir chris Kinnear was in charles old there they were getting 2000 every week so if you can again somehow get those people back you know some of them may have gone to ramsgate or some of them may just gone off football. If you can get that back, you can get that feel-good factor. There's again, there's definite hope for these clubs. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've covered Margate, or I covered Margate for what, two, three seasons? Uh, and I had a great time covering them. Uh, and, you know, there, there were times when they were getting 2,300 in when they were in that title race with uh, with Maidstone. I think it was a Tuesday night, and there were two and a bit thousand people there. And, you know, the, the club was on a bit of a crest of a wave. But the thing for me was... When there were that many people in there, the spectator experience wasn't great because it was so cramped and so tight. And you, and it was almost like at that point, the, the team was so much further ahead than the stadium. And that was a problem for them. And getting that work done, I think, is going to be a big a, a big boost for them. And, and hopefully, you know, they can make it a better experience at the games and not feel so cramped in with, with this new stand and, and everything like that. And I think that's it, it's a real win-win because the potential is massive and I think you know if Ramsgate have also got potential but I think they're they're using their ways more in in the community but the area that you are in the area that you live in could support a big football club I know uh, Bob Lazett once said to me the difficulty we've got is like half of our catchment area is the sea but in and around that northeast corner of Kent there's not a big club for a long long way around so the, the potential is there. And if you can get people, get into the schools, get giving out Margate shirts and everything like that. And if the team's performing, people will turn up. And that's the, that is the key thing. It's all just about making everything click at the same time. And hopefully now the stadium looks like it's on its way. The team won't be far behind. I th- uh, again, yeah. If you, if you can, again, they're off the field, they're doing some good things. The Libertines, the kit thing. So they're getting their name out there. Again, it's just make sure that's, built in the way it should be and then get it done and get people in and because I think you know it, it could be successful because a lot of people come to Margate hotel there it could really add something to it so again I'm a little bit after living around here until I until you see somebody uh put put a uh, a fork in the ground and do it you'll be waiting to see it that's what they've got to do anyway Hang on. let's move on to the National League South then where a regular listener of the show uh, Peter Gearing uh, said he was very pleased that we hadn't used the uh, the I word, as he's calling it, uh, for a couple of weeks. However, uh, the FA have explained to clubs why it didn't support the mini league. And I'm afraid, Peter, you can shut your ears now because the I word is about to appear. Because the FA uh, outlined 11 factors that were considered in the reasoning behind the uh, the mini league concluding that the committee did not consider the proposed competition to be in the interests of the integrity of the National League system. Uh, continues, the committee also took note of the fact that while the majority of clubs within Step 2 expressed support of the competition, only 35% indicated they would take part, and the majority of Step 1 clubs voted against it and the promotion into Step 1. Um, also says the resolution circulated by the National League are not binding. However, the committee nevertheless considered the outcome of the resolution to be relevant as an expression of the views of the member clubs and a couple of other factors. Uh, the National League board took a neutral stance in reflect of the proposed competition, i.e. they neither actively supported or opposed it. And the National League had not conducted any preparatory work into the proposed competition, which is it's kind of what Steve King said last week. It, it, the clubs who wanted to do it were left out on their own and Yet again, the leadership of the National League is, is in question, isn't it? Yeah, nothing's happening again. I, I thought at some point we would have a thing about Dover. That's still not happening. Nothing is going down. They've announced when the league will start and everybody's kicking off because it's two weeks past everybody else. Yeah, I was um, going to say I thought that was late. Well, I, I presume they're thinking because the league, league season is going to finish middle of June, is it? I presume at one stage and that's what... 
they're not going to do it. It does seem strange. Why the South would start? I know they you'd probably start as clearly you get as many games as you can in. Yeah. Well, you can if you can, if, but. I'm surprised it's not a clamour from some people to get these leagues started in mid-July because the summer nights will get loads of people in. The school holidays, you'll get people in on Tuesday nights and things like that. I'm really surprised there isn't a big clamour to, to get this going. Yeah, yeah, I think it would make sense. I'm sure people, there has been booted about summer football, isn't it? When you have a sort of season from March to October. So maybe it would have been a good chance to have a think about that. I don't know, would the, would the scaffold... Would the, do the scaffold have to sort of fall in some sort of calendar and it probably says you can't start in until the 1st of August? Is there a footballing calendar from this? We'll have to ask somebody from the scaffold. Could the scaffold say, right, we've spoken to our clubs and we want to start 15th of July? Who knows? Would they be allowed to do that? Or would Mr FA come and say, oh, you're not doing that because it gives you an unfair advantage when you play in the FA Cup or something? I don't know. <laughs> But no, it'd be interesting. I think you could be right, John. There's something you could really look on in this and think, yeah, maybe it would be an idea to maybe start this sort of thing. If you need that money, I know I'd rather be going to go to football uh, when it's nice and warm rather than it's freezing outside. So there could be something. But in the lower leagues, there's definitely a chance they should do that. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know why there's not the sort of clamour uh, to, to get this all done. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, elsewhere, the clubs have started to, uh, now their season is over, have started to make plans. Uh, Ebbsfleet United last week released eight players. Uh, Ify Allen, Greg Cundall, Jake Goodman, Reese Grant, Tom Hadler, Josh Payne, Charlie Rowan uh, and James Dobson, who was on loan from Dagenham Redbridge, have all uh, been told they won't be uh, players next year at Ebbsfleet United. Uh, the club board management staff would like to place on record their thanks for the efforts and commitment of all players. I'd love it if they said, apart from one, you know, and just sort of singled one out and said, no, we're so we're so glad they've gone. Uh, that, so th- th- there are talks going on with the, with the other players. Uh, one player who's definitely staying is Chris Solly, uh, who who signed earlier on uh, this season, but he is going to be staying put. Um, he has also going to be taking on a first team coaching role, uh, assisting the club in specialist coaching and scouting areas. And that's a really good, uh, good move for them because Chris Solly is, is only 30. And to have a player with 11 years experience at Charlton in the National League South next season, that gets them off to a flyer, doesn't it? It's out of a signing. Because surely, I think he left Charlton to help win the championship because he wanted to get, a, you know, not get injured and sort of play at a higher level. So I don't know what's going on there, but maybe building him up as a coaching role. Let's see where he sees his future. Start Ebsley and go from there. I just want to you know, interested in some of those players. Hadler, Cundall, I'm not too surprised that because he didn't really do it. When I've well, seen Hadler, him I mean, it never really worked for Hadler, did it? Because he was uh, very rarely in the team. Uh, he, he, you know, I, I assumed he would be the first risk keeper, but oh, Jordan yeah. Holmes kept his place. And when Holmes was out injured, they brought in a low knee as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's... One of those, really. Interesting to see how many of these players end up at other Kent clubs and things like that. So, But you mentioned it earlier. You, do you expect a lot of clubs to sort of, in the Football League, to cut their cloth? And you expect a lot of players will filter down into the system? I think so. I, I mean, I would imagine, not necessarily the Football League, but I'd imagine the National League. I mean, if you look at Dover, Dover's squad is going to be weaker than this season's, probably, because of the finances. So there are going to be players who would weak. possibly... <laughs> possibly have been paid a certain amount of money and that money's not going to be there anymore for them. 
and club, I think clubs will run with smaller squads next season because of the, the finances and everything like that. So I think, you know, there will be opportunities and I think Ebsfleet will be in a good position to, to pick up some good players. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think Molly, the manager has probably looked, seen enough of, of what you need to be successful at this level as well. And maybe I think, you know, they'll always have a bit of money, Ebsfleet, to, throw, to, to put around to bring players in. So again, I think it's wise, you know, interested in May sort of brought in, Couple of youngsters, haven't they? Well, Ebsley, I think, will probably again go with experience to, to get them out of this division next season. Yeah, uh, Alfie Egan is one player who definitely will be at the Cufflink next season, Stonebridge Road to you and I. Uh, he has agreed to sign a new contract, which will keep him to the end of next season. Uh, but he's going to be spending the rest of this season on loan at Maidenhead United. Uh, he will uh, hopefully help them in their playoff bid. Uh, but he's, so he's going to be going there, but he'll be definitely be back at, at Ebsley. 23 years old. Uh, he's, he's certainly a, a real talent and that's a good start for, for Ebsy with him and Solly and, and other players to come. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, uh, well, I, I think clubs doing their business early could be the way forward. Get yourself settled in. I presume you can, I know you can train and still do bits and pieces. So Ebsy will probably do it a little bit there. So yeah, I, you might as well, you know, hanging on to players for the next two and a bit months. Saying, you know, letting them know what you're doing and helping them find other clubs as well. Yes. Uh, In the National League, uh, Bromley were victors over uh, Solihull Moors on Saturday. Uh, But we're recording this show on Tuesday night. Uh, It's 25 to 9 on Tuesday night. Uh, We'll be bringing this to you on Wednesday. Uh, But I'm going to make a prediction that with about 15 minutes to go, uh, Bromley will be losing to Sutton tonight because it is uh, Bromley nil, Sutton 3 uh, at the moment, uh, the third goal has just been scored by Alawafi for uh, Sutton after a penalty uh, from Beautyman and an opening goal, which apparently has gone down as an own goal. But it was uh, Eastman's shot in off the underside of the bar via the back of Mark Cousins. Uh, so that will go down as an own goal. And a, a disappointing result for Bromley, but a, a, a team in Sutton who are absolutely flying. We could go up, aren't they, at this rate? You think about it. Um, picking up results. Unlucky not to beat Stockport at the weekend. I think that will put them, you know, where would that put them? Four points clear with three games in hand. Very, very good chance that they could be um, playing the Football League next season. Bromley again had a chance. They're in seventh place in the playoffs, but I just don't feel confident enough they're going to get their job because they have a good result, then a bad result. They're not very consistent, are they? That's my concern about Bromley. They've had some good results. What have they won done recently? They had two two wins on the spin, but then follow that up against Sutton, put down a marker with some tough games coming on. Tough, tough game coming up against Wrexham as well at the weekend. Yeah, for me, I don't think they're consistent enough. No, they're not, and that that is the problem uh, for Neil Smith. And I'm sure Neil Smith is pulling his hair out about that because. We saw at the start of the season, they were excellent away from home, struggled at home. Now they almost seem to have turned the corner at home, but you just always get the feeling with Bromley, there's a blip in there. And yeah. and I, I wouldn't ever say I look at a fixture and think at the moment, they are definitely going to win this game. And I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? Because you never know what's going to happen. They'll probably go to Wrexham on Saturday now and get a result. But then when they come back home against Wealdstone on Good Friday, they, they might lose that one. You know, yeah. what can... It's just one of those things with Bromley at the moment. Yeah, and there's a lot of clubs, you know, with Sutton running away with it, it's going to be a real battle for the, for that second promotion spot. And you've got to get some consistency and a bit of running in a little bit of form. It's still a long way to go, but 
you feel that Bromley, for me, they're they're one of the sides who are chasing seventh, not higher up. I think so. But then you never know if if you do find form at the right sort of time. Say they were to go from from Saturday on a on a big long unbeaten yeah. run. You go into those playoffs in form. You're the team no one wants to play. Yeah, so it's far from over. It's just about finding that consistency yeah, and putting that run together. You know, and, they've, and they and they have had a consistent, you know, solid unit of players over the last year. So it's you know, I think it could be a big few months for for Bromley and maybe Neil Smith as well. Yeah. Uh, Borenwood away Saturday, Matt. Uh, Dugging them away on Tuesday. Neither of them happening, no. Uh, no, I've, I've got my, I've cleaned my boots, but um, I don't expect to play. But uh, um, you're seeing other sides as well. Basically, bright bringing in loanees and furloughing players. So I presume the loanees are not playing, being paid any wages. So um, have Dover done the right decision here we'll, we'll soon have to find out but I think probably it is if but I, I just don't understand Kings Lynn Kings Lynn's in the middle of nowhere mm. it, it must be costing them a fortune unless nobody's probably got one back quickly oh. flash ball flash um you know they're just burning money aren't they <laughs> there is someone said about the the, the point uh on that tweet from Ollie Bayliss about the integrity of the national league. And, and someone said, well, where's the integrity of teams at the bottom having nothing to play for now. And some teams having played against Barnet when Barnet were fighting for their lives and now playing Barnet when Barnet really don't give a monkeys. And so, so is there an issue with integrity there? Well, the national league hasn't had any, any integrity for a long time. So, <laughs> I think um, it's but basically the first nobody else is going to stop now. Otherwise, they would have done it by now, wouldn't they? But again, they're just panicking on the Dover situation. That that's all it is. Will if if you were Barnet, you haven't even got a manager. (laughs) Why would you want one? Why would you need one? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you could give it. You know, hundred quid. A fan manages a team today. You might as well do that. You got the players in. And then, yeah, if they come out to the right, Dover are not going down and they'll start next season on the same points they've got this run, would they all come out and stop? We don't know. Who knows? Clearly, clearly, I'm sure Dover expects, as we said it before, Dover expects other clubs to come out in harmony with them and they put two fingers up at Dover. So, and will that be the, and that will that cost Dover points and will that cost Dover their place in the National League? We'll have to find out, but... We keep saying this until the National League pull their fingers out of their backsides and sort this out. We, you know, we mentioned in Bromley there, they'd lose three points for a start. This is no good. And, and I'm reading articles that all the clubs are saying what's going on with Dover. And I, you know, and somebody did tell me it was very shortly there was going to be the hearing. So it could be released at five minutes after we've um, done this pod. But Probably between now be and when I, when I get around to editing it. Could, but yeah. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be... Right, at 10 o'clock, right, we've done all this. We've done all this. Now, we've, this is Dover. We've expunged their results. Here's the new league table. Move on. Yeah. Quite, 10 o'clock. There you go. Done it. There you go. Done and dusted. Then people come from there. But you've got no idea. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's insane. That's pretty much it for the, uh, for the football chat then. Uh, earlier on, Matt, when I was discussing my uh, my Greek fish cooking, I referred to my evening meal as tea. Um, I just want to... You know, there can be some conjecture about that. What are the meals in the Gerald household? I've got you down as a supper man, to be honest. Uh, 
we well we do we have, we have dinner not tea and we so occasionally we might eat with the kids so, but again they, their palate is probably less um what's the correct term um sophisticated less, sophisticated great word so uh, so they, they 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 like the same sort of thing so we had chicken curry this evening which was nice homemade uh, or uh with a with a sauce yes but with a bit of pineapple in but last week i made quite a few dinners uh cottage pie tuna pasta bake and a chicken pie nice. so um when we can do yeah it's sort of well, what i do find i spend quite a bit you know the, the weekly shop and then we look at the, the coming on a monday and think what we got for dinner and you think well not a lot really so uh we do have a bit of various bits in but you know it's just sometimes it's uh yeah, we, we just have dinner. No, we, we do like our bacon and brie, which is a Friday. Of course. Forget. But they're standard stuff, mate, really. So, But we have no, been going a I bit early. So, What we've had tonight would be my signature dish if I ever went on MasterChef. So. You'd love to go on there, wouldn't you? No. I'd, I'm not good enough. But, ah. Oh. That was interesting. You wouldn't... I, I, I panicked. It takes me too long to do anything. I, I'm not very good at timing things. I just like to go in the kitchen and you know just mess about i don't spend a lot of time i don't like look at timings and do everything exactly the minute i cook stuff till it's done and i don't think i'd I'd, i think i'd flounder under the pressure in the uh in the master chef kitchen but um you know i I do often think about what i'd cook and what i had tonight would definitely be my signature dish i think it is one of the best things i cook so thought about that i've been watching a lot of quiz shows like i like like the chase um do you ever watch um connected on bbc with the wife of only uh, connect i yeah. don't watch it no well, i must have watched the whole series this year and i reckon i've got one question right yeah we uh, got into countdown in a in our house I during do, this this last I lockdown like a bit of countdown i do like a bit of countdown I like a bit of chase and you yeah. think oh, what was i watching we were watching danny dyer's way the, the wall that's brilliant the wall and they've got 120 grand you think yeah way of trying to get some paying off the mortgage exactly you think i could go on these quizzes would I, I'm thinking about going on a quiz. Yeah. We've gone pointless, mate, couldn't we? Yeah, we could. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. Probably, I presume, you know, middle-aged men. Yeah. We, yeah, they probably take that. Yeah, I, I thought about That's it. middle-aged. If you yeah, if if wanted to get some, I don't know, if you won, if you know, even if you won three grand, it's three grand, isn't it? Can you imagine if we I went on pointless? The, the other week, this was a genuine question. But can you imagine if we went on pointless and the uh, the final question was uh, National League football teams because it genuinely was. Really? Uh, I'd have a real I'd have a real problem with that. I think one or two people said Dover, but I'd have a real problem because when you know so many, how would you pick the pointless yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Do you like, like pointless to, when it goes to the football. Yeah. To try and prove to myself, yes, I know. I do still know, have some football knowledge. Uh, yeah. Line of duty started Sunday, obviously. Brilliant. Asleep. Yep. I fell asleep, so I saw the you first fell asleep? Thing. Fell asleep, yeah. So you don't, you don't know what a chiz is then, like everybody else? Uh, no, because we fell asleep after. So I've basically got to watch, got to watch it. Um after the first 15 minutes, my wife fell asleep before we even started, but I did watch Unforgotten or Unforgiven. Oh. Oh. So we've seen that was good last night. I was that's just about to say, no spoilers, but that ended. My yeah, yeah. God. So that's that. that I've been enjoying that. So yeah, it's been brilliant. But anything else? No, because a lot of Champions League, because we've been falling asleep and I just put the football on. So it's, what's it, it's quarter to nine now. 
there's probably nothing on. My wife's in the front. She may have fallen asleep. There's the only day in the world there's no football on, is there? Uh, internationals are plenty. Uh, uh, next on Sky, aren't they? I'm starting from tomorrow. Uh, I have in front of me the list of uh, fixtures that I will be covering over oh, the well, next we got, we uh, eight days. Well, there's quite a few on here, but um, it, it, I've got a lot of under-21 games, which is quite good because it's under-21 uh, championships group stage this week. Uh, so everyone's got three games in that. So that's that's going to be quite entertaining, quite good fun. So it's actually a tournament, is it? Yeah. Oh, they're not playing it in the... I normally play it in the summer, don't they? No, so they've decided to play it now because obviously because of COVID and everything. And I've got um, got a couple of Spain games in there. I've uh, got um, a couple of Croatia games. Do you, uh, do you have to do the homework on this or do they provide you with all this? Yeah, no, I have to do some homework on them as well. In fact, I'm doing all three of Croatia's group games, including their final game next Wednesday against England at 5pm. Uh, but there's also the, uh, the World Cup qualifiers. And next Tuesday... Uh, is a day which is one of, well, I'm just going to tell you the four fixtures that I'm covering next Tuesday, uh, this time next week. Azerbaijan against Serbia, Cyprus against Slovenia, Montenegro against Norway, and Turkey against Latvia. Your European knowledge, mate, will be up there. At the end of this, I want you to come back and tell me a superstar in the making as well from these games. Yep, no worries. If there's, you normally spot somebody. I want you to tell me a superstar in the making and some player you think couldn't whack it in the National League. I will do that. Funny enough, last time in the under-21s, two years ago, uh, I did a few Romania games and Romania were great fun. And they had a couple of players in there and I was like, they're both going to be brilliant. One of them now plays for Rangers and one of them plays for Reading. So, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps there's, well, well, there's work Harshie, to do. Harshie, isn't, he good? isn't he good, Harshie? Yeah, he's very good, but he's he's a, he plays for Rangers and he doesn't even get in their team every week. Oh, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, Pushkas. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's very handy. I was very impressed with him. So I look forward to seeing how they uh, shape up over the course of the week. Well, that's pretty much it for this week's show. Uh, did tell you it'd be about 45 minutes or so. We've, we've nearly made it to an hour again, despite there being very little to talk about. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Don't forget you can find us on social media on Twitter. We are at Kent NL Podcast. On Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast and you will find us. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, Thank you very much to Mark Jenner for his time this week, uh, talking to us about everything that's going on at Hythe and, and good luck to, to him and his new role as chairman at Hythe. And hopefully we'll have some more interviews for you next week on the Kent Only podcast. But in the meantime, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, look after yourselves. We're hopefully near the end of this and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. If Dame Vera Lynn's getting a statue on the White Cliffs, where is Sir Chris of Kinnear's statue going to go? At the bottom? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.